Welcome to a new installment of Coaching Out Loud. I hope you guys had a great, fantastic weekend. This is a new segment called Girl Talk. I have a very special guest. I knew her all my life. My sister, Tawana Powell, the co-founder of the world, is a girl's runway. 
this was an awesome show. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome to a new installment of Coaching Out Loud with Danielle Powell. I am your host and your coach, Danielle Powell. It's Girl Chat. And this is a single saved and building a legacy edition. I have a very special guest, the one and only Tawana Powell of the world is a girl's runway. She is my sister, so I'm very excited about this segment. Welcome to the show, Tawana Powell. Woo! Thank you so much, Danielle. I've been waiting for this opportunity forever. I just want to say thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you again. I cannot wait to get into this chat because there's so many things I want to share. Yes, she is so extra. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Tawana Pal. <laughs> this is going to be a funny segment because we're sisters. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to keep it real. So tell us about your testimony. Oh, so we're going to go right in, right? Okay. So I always say that I will. I am a good girl gone bad, gone good again. So I was raised in church. My family Tons of my family's in ministry, so it was what we did. At 18, I was like, okay, guys, I'm grown. I'm going to go live my life. And I went out into the world. That's when we were doing parties. We were doing everything. <laughs> like, we were out there. And, you know, it was only by the grace of God that he kept us because in that season where we were doing things that we should not have been doing, we were, there were guns pointed at us. There was tons of opportunities where we could have died where we were but God kept us I remember and you know because we did parties and things like that there was tons of dancing alcohol it was the atmosphere that we was accustomed to and we became a part of it so you know I remember one time where um I was drunk in the club and I got a call and on the call there's a man he's preaching and I'm like, what in the world is going on? So this man is preaching and I'm drunk and I'm like feeling convicted right in the club and all like, oh my goodness. Wow. This is, this is, you know, that was the beginning of God tugging on my heart. And it's so funny because the preacher that was actually preaching is Jamal Bryant, who I love today. <laughs> so it's so funny that in that time I didn't know who the man was, but now I'm like, oh, that was Jamal Bryant. I love him. So, but anyway, it was by the grace of God that he has kept us. And in that season where we were tr- transitioning back, when I came back to church, it was for real. It was because I wanted to be there. You know, like the relationship with God got real. Yes, I went out, but it was in that strain that when I came back, everything I did was for real. And um, I praise God for the for whatever, you know, everything works out for my good. So it's like it was a great opportunity to come back to God and have a real relationship with him. And that is, you know, I'm not going to get the whole thing because we could be here all night. But that's just a little snippet. God kept me through it all. And I'm just happy to be here. Wow. Amen. What an awesome testimony. And yes, I can agree. You are not playing 
one foot in the church and one foot in the world. You wanted to really be in church and you really wanted to see the change in your life. Wow. So this brings me to my next question. This girl right here is a prayer warrior. She can pray the heavens down. Yes, many of you guys know she looks very quiet, but she can pray. (laughs) So what role does prayer play in your life? Well, prayer plays a very important part in my life. I feel that the prayers of my pastor, my grandmother, my parents is the prayers that brought me back to God. Like their prayers is literally what brought me back to God. And then their prayers is what activated my own prayer life where my relationship with God grows and continue grows to grow leaps and bounds and it's like it's only in that conversation with God that conversation that I have with God it's in that conversation where you know things are happening he's speaking to me my ears are open and it's in that quiet time that I get to know who God really is and I just thank God for prayer is like my secret source to all things and I don't know what I will be without it Wow. Amen. The power, power of prayer. And I agree with you. Sometimes we get lazy and we don't like to pray. We don't like to go to prayer services, but during your own quiet time of prayer and also being in fellowship, corporate prayer is when God just moves. So, amen. So we're, we're talking about, you know, singleness tonight. So, what should a single person be doing in their single season? <laughs> Woo, okay. Single season. Things you should be doing. I feel like in your single season, this should be a time where you should be knowing what your purpose is. This is also a time that you should be walking in your purpose. Because I feel like when you're walking in your purpose, that's when you find out like if this person that does come fit your purpose. So it's you have to know what your purpose is before you even think about who this person is. Because your purpose could be going overseas and then you you're dating a guy that want to stay in New York for the rest of his life. So how is yes. that? How is that going to work? So I feel like purpose, knowing your purpose is very important. Personal development is very important. You will want to heal, 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 heal. There are some things that can be only healed in your single season, you know, and also, you know, money, less money, like budgeting, learning how to budget, raise your credit, all those things that making you a better person should be done in your single season. Uh, You should be a person that's bringing tons of stuff to the table along with the person that you're meeting. They should be bringing tons of stuff too. It shouldn't be one person. Both people bringing things to the table and complimenting each other. Also, being available to serve. People don't want to look when you're single, you should be able to serve in some type of area in your church. You should be available. They should be able to call you to do something. Like, you have to be able to be ready. Like, you have to be ready for all things. And in that, when you are a whole, get whole. Be, become whole in that season. Yes. There's so many things you could do. You, you find a hobby. You could travel. All these things. There's so many things to do in your single season. Like, get to know you. Some people don't even know who they are. Right. So in that season, get to know who you are. Sometimes you need that time to say, hey, who am I? And use that time for that. And then when the person comes, they're getting the best you. You know, like, 
that's what I got. <laughs> wow, that was very profound. And I totally agree because I feel like sometimes in your single season, some people, they remain stagnant. They don't do anything. They don't really find their purpose. They don't find who they are and they just want this man or this woman to come and complete them when you need to be hold before you date you need to know your purpose because I feel like too sometimes like you said if you don't know your purpose it's so hard to identify your mate mm-hmm. because if I know I'm called to, to go preach or to own a business somewhere and you're like no we're just going to have a you know, nine to five There's nothing wrong with a nine to five job. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if I know I want to do other things and travel and do things and you don't want to do that, you're going to stop me because you want you have you're accustomed to the type of life that you want. Mm-hmm. So I think people have to understand what they are called to do in life mm-hmm. and what their life, what they want their life to look like. Right. It's nothing wrong with saying, like, OK. I know that I have an image of how I want my life to be, mm-hmm. and I pray that it lies with God's will. Right. Always pray, pray for God's will, but also know, have a vision of what you want your life to be like. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You're just going to settle for anything. Mm-hmm. So this moves on to our next question. What is the biggest understanding of single women? Mis- what is the misunderstanding, the biggest misunderstanding of single women? Hmm. <laughs> okay, the biggest misunderstanding of single women. Well, I will only speak on my personal experience. I feel like people think that when you're single, that something is wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with me, okay? I want people to understand that because I'm single, because I have certain standards that are not being met. Men hit on me all the time. Okay, just because Joe Blow, everybody else is trying to talk to me, I have a certain standards that I I know exactly what Danielle said. I know what kind of life I want. And I can look at Joe and I can look at this person and that person and that person and they're not meeting the standards that I want. People always say, oh, maybe you're too picky or maybe your standards is too high. But guess what? I serve a God that will meet all those standards. So at the end of the day. If I have to wait a little longer for my special order, then that may, you know, that would be. one more time. If I got to wait a little longer for that special order, let it be done. You know, it's like at the end of the day, I'm not losing faith. I know exactly what I want. And in that season, until it comes, I just be prepared, prepare myself. So I want people to understand that this is all you're single. You're a pretty girl. You're a pretty girl. Yes. Yes. All that is fine and dandy, but. At the end of the day, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be living with that person. You not. So I know what I want. It's what I want. So at the end of the day, I, just keep me in your prayers. That's why I have to tell them when they ask, "Well, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong with me. Just keep me in your prayers." And then maybe you know, keep me in your prayers. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. I totally agree. I totally agree with you on that because. Sometimes, you know, people, they love to say, like, and sometimes, like, just people that are listening right now, be careful when you say things like that to single people, singles, like, what's, you know, because that's very, it could be discouraging sometimes, and also, some, I mean, it don't bother me, because I'm like, whatever, I know that Mm -hmm. I'm, and then two, single woman, you have to have in your mind that what I'm praying for is out there. Mm-hmm. I may have to wait a little longer. I may yes. be a little older. Like me, I thought I was going to be married in my 20s. But I'm in my 30s now. And it's fine because I'm happy that I... And this is what I always say. 
I'd rather wait long to marry right. Wrong. To marry right. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she said... <laughs> I said it right. Okay, okay. To wait long to marry right. Okay, yeah. Because you have to understand your destiny. You have to understand what you're carrying, the anointing that's mm-hmm. on your life. And then you just want to settle with anyone. You can deter your destiny mm-hmm. and it could go a totally different direction because you couldn't wait and you just wanted things um your way like today our pastor said something about timing timing is so important mm-hmm. when you're waiting for your mate and then when you get your mate it feel like you've been with them your whole life anyway true so i totally agree with you on having standards it's not like some i mean some things could be a little bit superficial like you want to be six six you want to be this and that okay that's a little bit you know not really important but certain things you do need certain um things that you shouldn't should be Mm non-negotiables like i you need to know you need to have a relationship with god yes you need to love your family yes you need to have a pastor. You need to have a covering. Like yes. certain things are non-negotiables, mm-hmm. and I think those type of standards you should stick to. If you want someone who's walking in purity, that's a non-negotiable. Yes. So there's nothing wrong with having those high standards. Like, so, I mean, it's considered high standards now because everybody's doing what they want to do anyway. Right. So when you're saying I'm going to stand for this and I'm going to honor my body and honor my life to God then that's what it is. So, thank you for that, sis. You went in. Yes. <laughs> I'm here for it. Right. So, this goes, this goes right to our, the next question. How did you find your purpose? Okay. So, um, <laughs> it's so funny that you said that because when I talked earlier about my testimony, when I came back to the church, when I transitioned back to the church, I received a prophecy way before I was thinking about the world's girls runway or anything. And I was a receiver prophecy. And they said, while they pour a whole bottle all on my head, Ooh, Lord, <laughs> on the weave, Lord Jesus. But yes, they said that I will be a spokesperson for young people. And I would do one-on-one, and they said the coaching, they said all that things. And when they said that, I'm like, huh? I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And then, you know, later I read um, Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren's book, and then things start clicking. And I'm like, wait, oh, girls, women, business. And then the confirmation start happening. So then we had people coming to us like, oh, I want you to help me with my business. Oh, you guys had a business before. Can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? And it's like, when it was happening, people were like, so many friends, they were starting businesses. And it was like, okay, this is what I need to do. So then it was like, different things were coming. And it was like, pieces was coming. And then they finally start clicking. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what we have to do. So once God starts revealing his purpose for you is you just keep going and he'll keep revealing things that and showing you and guiding you as far as what to do and and we're just still going and, and as the vision gets keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger I'm like wait lord okay whoa I, wow this is this is amazing like wow but how am I do it it's like that's when you even know like wow this vision is so big that I can't even do th- I need God to do this because I can't yes. do this on my own so it's like even when you get things like that and you like whoa okay I need your help Lord like it you always have to stop and like wow 
I don't know how I'm going to do this. And it's like, it's just his purpose. It's just, it's just showing you going in the right direction. And it's like that book though, I would definitely recommend that to all of you guys. If you're searching to know what God's calls for you, because the way, the way I finished that book and the way it just clicked like that was amazing. And I was like, wow, even connected to the prophecy and everything. I was like, okay, this is it. This is it. And, And that's how it went down. Wow. I truly agree because I love that book, um, God, um, Perfect Driven Life. I read the book as well. And right away, I wasn't even finished the book. I knew what my purpose was. And then, like, I, like when you pray, God sends confirmations. And we just kept receiving confirmations on, you know, should we start the organization? Should we move forward with it? And every time we felt discouraged... God, so send another girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, send a woman mm-hmm. that was like, oh, I need, I need your help. I need um, some advice on this. So, mm-hmm. believe me, if you are struggling, like sometimes your purpose doesn't always come right away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to find your passions, and then that's when God will confirm your purpose. But you have to do, you have to get busy, get busy serving God. Like people understand, like sometimes you have to get busy in your purpose. I mean, get busy doing things that your purpose will be revealed to you. Yes. If you're not doing anything, God can't really work with that. <laughs> so, actions. thank yes, actions, actions, faith, keeping God first. So, I think we're going to switch lanes right now. Okay. And she want to take over my show, guys. I don't know if I'm ready for this. I'm kind of <laughs> scared like she she's a special guest, but she now she want to do the co-host thing. So, Let's switch gears. Okay, okay. My turn, my turn. So, you know, I always thought I, w- I wanted this to be a t- takeover show, but she only gave me half of the show, so I'm going to take what she gives me. So, um, Danielle, I would like you to share your testimony with our listeners. Wow, okay. Well, you know, I, my testimony is similar to yours. Like, we were, you know, in the club scene. We were doing parties. But my testimony was kind of different. I don't even think you remember this. But when we stopped doing parties, you know, I, God was still talking on my heart. But my heart was kind of hardened. Like, she was ready. When we were in the club, she was ready to, like, just stop. She was ready to go to church. Me, I was kind of like, I didn't really want to go to church. I was tired of hearing about church. I love God, and I always did love God, even when I was in the club scene, but I just wasn't trying to go to church. So, and I had this, at this time, I had a little boyfriend, this basketball player. He broke my little heart, and that was just when, like, I feel like God was just tugging on my heart, and I was already um, devastated. Uh, The relationship ended, and it was really bad, and he kind of, like, betrayed me and everything like that so I was really heartbroken and I was like I need God to heal my heart and during that time of you know disappointment is when God came in and he just changed me and then I just um, started to just you know read the word more pray more and then the transition started to happen and I will say this one thing when um, sometimes when you give your life to Christ, yes, you are changed, but it sometimes it's also a process. And I said for my for myself, I still had residue from the world, and I'm thankful and forever thankful for my pastors because they were very patient. They helped cultivate me into the person I am today because they were perfect examples of what you know godly people are supposed to be like. They were 
um, consistent with their walk with God. And I had a great, I had great examples on, they show so much love, never judge. Cause you know, sometimes when you come back to church, you have so much, like you think everybody judging you when they probably not. And I felt like everybody would judge me. Somebody would say, come up to me and say, I'm so glad to see you. I will get so pissed. Like, leave me alone. Like, they judging me, mom. I'm not coming back to this church. But it was just the love of God for my, you know, the people in the church and my pastors, my parents, my grandmother. Everybody was just always praying and showing love. Like, people don't understand that showing love to people who are, you know, sinners or, you know, they coming back to the church. The biggest thing to get people to really come back to church is the love of God. Yes, yes. Definitely the love that brought us back. Thank God for great leadership. Shout out to our pastors on that one because the push and the pull and everything, we're so grateful for it. Yes, yes. And the next question, what are some tips on living a successful single life? Give it to us. Well, um, we, we spoke about that a little bit about it earlier. Um, you know, finding your purpose, mm-hmm. finding your likes, finding who you are, healing. I'm a big advocate for, you know, getting life coaching and counseling because some like, you know, we are Christians. We do, you know, spiritual and we also live in the natural. So you have to take care of your inner self and sometimes counseling is where you can go talk to someone and, you know, deal with the issues that you probably had from a child from childhood or just from a traumatic experience. And you don't want those issues to go into the new relationship because you could be blessed with a great man of God, a great woman of God. They could be the best person for you. But if you are not fixing the issues, mm-hmm. you will destroy the relationship. And this person like, why are you acting like that? Why are you lashing out on me? Why you don't trust me because of your past Um, experiences and also I say travel if you can travel the world learn about different cultures surround yourself with different people not just this you know your race learn about different cultures Um, find hobbies and also build your legacy build your business just become the best you become hold because sometimes we you know, we put marriage on a pedestal sometimes. Yes, I desire marriage, but marriage is not going to be my whole life because when you're married, you're still a still a individual. Yes. And you have you still are one person. And I feel like you have to find who you are and not just feel like, oh, if I'm married, everything's going to be great because it's not. You have to deal with you first. Also, um serve i'm big on serving i mean you know that you said that earlier but i do believe serving volunteering at a you know a nursing home or a soup kitchen just giving your time spreading love to others because this life is not all about us it's not all about our accomplishments it's about other people as well um also um i would just say have fun like do things have a life like just don't go church home church work like find other things to do because even when you get in a relationship, you don't want the relationship to be all about the, the mate. You need to have your own space. Your own I'm big. Your own life. Right? Your own life. I'm big on space. Like, <laughs> yes, I love being in a relationship, but I still like to have my own life. Mm-hmm. 
we're going to have a life together, but I need to have my own life before I meet you. Right. So, I would say that's the key to leave, living a successful single life and keeping God first. Like, really having a strong relationship with God. Like, nothing should be able to shift that relationship because God will always be first in your singleness, in your marriage. God should always be first. Yes, that was awesome, awesome, awesome. I would just add one more thing. I I'm, I have this on my list. Um, do a solo trip. I was just Ooh. talking to someone about that today, and I was like, I did kind of a solo trip, but it wasn't completely solo. It was like a work retreat, but I need a real solo trip. So that yes. definitely is on my I have to do this. So that was awesome tips that you gave us. Um, I'm, I mean, we want you to, we want you all to live your best single life. Like everybody always say, Oh, the Christian girls, they don't do nothing but go to work home and church. There is so much things to do out in this world that you can still have clean fun. That is crazy. Like there's plays, there's shows, there's so much things to do. Like, you should never be bored as a single woman. Right. Single Christian woman, you should never be bored. You can start a fellowship group. You can, there's so many things you can do. Like, there's no excuse. There's no excuse at all. Going right into our next question. It is, um, was there a time that you struggled with your singleness? <laughs> Woo, we can't wait to hear this one. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, I'm just, I just lived a single life so, with no issues. Uh, I was, I won't say recently because I feel like in my 30s, I have been, you know, doing pretty well with my singleness. But I would say my, my mid 20s, I started to feel like, oh, I want to get married. I'm so sick of being single. I want to get married. Like, I want to talk to my mom, like, I'm not, I don't know where I'm going to get married. Like, I was so, like, obsessing with it. Like, to the point where it was kind of like an idol because I did not want to be single anymore. And I had to pray that off for me because I'm like, God, I don't want to make marriage an idol. I want to wait on your time. And then when I just started just praying, praying a lot about just let me be content in my singleness. And I just started... When I started really going further in my purpose, it's like I've kind of forgotten. And I say I forgot about my singleness, but it wasn't a big issue in my mind. Like, I wouldn't think about it as much. I was just like, God, I just want your timing and I want the person that you have for me. I don't want anything before your time. And I think once I did that, I just started living my life like and it's just been, it's been, it's been pretty like a breeze. Like, I don't really think about, you know, cause I know marriage is coming and I know it's going to come at the right time, but I have learned to just stay busy, not busy where I'm not productive, but I'm productive and it's good busy, but it's also like purpose busy. Um, I, I don't know any other time where I was like struggling with singleness because I feel like most of my life, I kind of didn't, I was like a player. <laughs> <laughs> When I was sing, when I wasn't saved, I kind of was never like the relationship type of person. But once I got saved, I did have relationships. But I feel like um, in my twenties is when I was really kind of struggling. But God will change your mindset if you just pray. Like God, just shift my mindset, shift my mind on you, that I won't be, you know, let. And then sometimes you just have to, just, just, what is it? Be still, mm -hmm. be still. And then God would just take care of everything that you're thinking about. 
That's good. That's good. It's funny that you said that you were a player when you wasn't saved. Because when I wasn't saved, I was always in a relationship. So when I got saved, that's when I learned what singleness is. So it was it was different for me because it was like, okay, I'm saved. I'm single. Let's see. I'm learning who I am. I'm even learning my relationship with God. So it was like that struggle. It was like. Uh, it wasn't really, it was like probably like when I hit that 30, like 30, I was like, okay, God, like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, but it was quick. It was not long. It was not long. And it's like, okay, I'm back. I'm back. Building this, building this empire. Like, hold on. Okay. I know you got me, God. So, you know, you have that little moment, but it wasn't a long stretch, but yes. that was, that was good. That was good. That was good. Okay. So the next question is why is legacy so important to you? All right. You know, I am a legacy coach, empowerment coach. So I believe legacy is very important. I think it was a blessing for us, you know, our family to see both of the sides of our family built legacies. Like one side, they built a church, they built churches, and that was their legacy. Our grandparents passed on, but their legacy that they built over 40 years ago is still growing strong and it's just changing and it's just build growing and growing and it's just I know my parents grandparents are smiling down like wow this is what we started and look at it where it is now it's amazing like you guys have to hear a testimony of our family's church one day it's just it's just mind-blowing and then our other side of our family there's multiple legacies of you know of you know passing down um you know land and um, homes and just looking like understanding what it means of passing something down in your family. That's something that I think is amazing. That's building a legacy, making sure your family is, is okay. Not just, you know, you know, our generation, we all about stunning on people and not really about passing stuff down, but Legacy is important, and I truly believe that Jesus left a legacy for all of us to follow. If we really think about it, some people don't think about it that way. But Jesus did so much stuff that we are doing right now. We are, you know, spreading the gospel. We have the power to heal people. So if anybody left a legacy, Jesus did. And I want to leave a legacy that someone will continue to do. And my heart is serving people. I want to build a legacy that is to serve others. And I want people to follow that because that's a positive thing to follow. Mm-hmm. And I believe that your purpose always include people. So if my purpose is include, people are included in my purpose, I can build a legacy. And I feel like anybody could build, build a legacy. Don't think that you have to have this big picture of what a legacy is. A legacy can be, if you like to, if you like to crochet, you can pass that down to people in your family. That's maybe small to you, but it could be something that you pass down in your family. Like us, we're passing down, and one of one side of our family, entrepreneurship was passed down from our great-great-grandparents. They were entrepreneurs. I didn't even know that until recently. I'm like, why do I have this such an entrepreneur spirit mm-hmm. in me? And I'm like, oh, and I found out later, like years later that our great-great-grandparents were entrepreneurs like serious entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's great to just look down at your your bloodline Mm -hmm. and see because you might somebody in your family might 
passionate about something that you are passionate about right now. And that's legacy. So that's definitely what I have to say. (laughs) Okay. Yes, that was good. That was good. Definitely. You want to have a legacy, something that outlives you. When something that outlives you, you're always remembered. And I think that is very, very important to have that thing where people are like, oh, that's something Tawana did. Oh, that's something that Danielle did. And I'm making sure that what they did keeps going. Yeah. And I feel like it's like you're always here. And it's like just if you it's just showing the love of God or inviting somebody to church or you're that person that always makes somebody's cakes. And it's different things. It's, it could be small. It could be big. It's something that you're known for, because when we all go, we want to be known for something that we did was good. So I, I feel like that was amazing. And we're going to um, wind down. So I'm going to give the mic back to Danny and she's going to do her thing. Oh, and one thing I would like to say, I mean, we all know about the death of Nipsey Hussle, the rapper. And one thing about him that I love about him is that he built a legacy. He did so much things for the community. And what a lot of people are very devastated by his death. And I believe that in order to honor someone's death, you continue their legacy. If he had a program for, you know, felons, help, you know, push that program. He had a program. Um, he was working on a Dr. Sabi um, documentary. Some people are now working, continuing the work. That's how you push a legacy forward. So this brings us to the end of our show. I know you guys were enjoying it. And I'm so thankful to have this great woman of God on the show. My sister. She will be back because I didn't know she had this in her. Like She's talking. <laughs> Hey guys, I just want to say thank you all for tuning in to my 10th episode. Time is flying, the podcast is growing daily, and it's growing me, and I just want to take time to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all the listeners who tune in every week, to all the special guests that I had on the podcast so far. I truly appreciate all of you guys. And I'm super excited about this journey. It's going to get bigger and better. Be blessed.
Cut the scene, ayy, this one's in my jeans I'm a, I'm a big dude to my little bros My little bros, my little bros Told them trust, yeah, keep them real close Close. 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 Close.